And we back again. It's the Iron Skillet in the building. Episode 9, season 2. Facebook ain't cut us off yet. Tonight. Just once. Just, just once. <laughs> well, unofficially. Yeah. It wasn't on a podcast. Yeah, you're right. Music review. So, we got everybody in the building. Oh, yellow child, mister, you could depend what on do? me. We got Logie Bogie in the building, a.k.a. Maybe. 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 Shatora Lane, a.k.a. You could give me that. Hey. And T. Clem on the boards, a.k.a. My neck hurts because I've been carrying the team. Ain't that the truth. Clem. <laughs> so we got a, a packed lineup tonight of topics. In fact, we're going to kick it off with something that could be very useful to everyone out there. No matter if you're in the entertainment industry, you're trying to uh, just do photography, or you got, you know, you you sewing up your own shirts or whatever, we're going to teach y'all how to shoot quality pictures on an iPhone. Just an iPhone. Nothing crazy. And I'm going to throw it to Sha, and she's going to tell you all about that. So, I want to tell y'all... I came up with this idea because I can remember, like, you guys probably remember me talking not this summer but last summer about how bad I wanted to get a camera. <clears throat> and I was saving up to buy the G7 that I have now. But it took me a couple, like, six months to save up the money to be able to buy that. So I was kind of – the first six months when I didn't have a camera, I was like, man, I still want to go out and do stuff. I don't want to just wait to have a camera just to be able to, like, go out and shoot and, like, play around with stuff. Mm -hmm. So – um, I came across a couple of videos and I started taking photos with my phone. Um, and I don't even have a, my iPhone is like a seven. Like this is, a, you know, I can't even do the like sit on the charger charge. You know what that means? Oh yeah. yeah. Mine's um, too old for that. Y'all yeah. can do that? They do that? Wireless, yeah. Wireless you definitely can. Bro, Verizon hates me. I got a 5S. Yeah. You can't. You ain't wireless They text me every week <laughs> saying I can upgrade because <laughs> they just want me to get off the servers with yeah. the 5S. And you're like, no, nah, I'm not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm not picking up down. the payment. <laughs> no. So basically... Um, what I thought would be cool because I started to learn how to use an app called Lightroom and it was like mind blowing to me how much of a difference you can make with pictures you just take on your phone. If you know how to do a little bit with the exposure when you take the picture and then how to throw it in Lightroom and like literally make it look like a completely different photo. Um, and I hopped on <clears throat> YouTube and I typed it in like how to do a photo shoot with your iPhone and there really wasn't even, for that specific title, there wasn't even a whole bunch of videos. So I'm hoping that when we post our video, it pops off because we got all mm -hmm. the content. But basically what me and Travis did was we went downtown around like 8 o'clock right as the sun was coming down. And we scoped out a couple of spots that are like super simple. And you guys know downtown Winchester. Like it's not like the craziest right. like city. So no matter where anybody's from, they could do this. <laughs> right. Like you just got to find a couple dope things. And it's more about how you use the camera than what kind of camera you're using. It's and all about the angles. Exactly. It's all about the angles and how you use it. And I know like... People say that, and, like, I think that people that haven't gone out and tried it for themselves think that, like, you're lying when you say that. Like, oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say because you have mm -hmm. a nice camera. But, like, Travis, literally, I'll let him talk a little bit maybe about it, but, like, he went out there with his iPhone X. He's like, no, I don't want to. And he uh, he snapped some pictures of my brother, and then I threw him into to Lightroom, and I made him look like freaking portraits. It was just crazy. Like... Travis, just from like a, I mean, you know a lot about exposure and different types of stuff like that. Right. What's some stuff like if you're shooting with your iPhone, 
if you're from a f- like a photography standpoint, what's some really basic things to keep in mind? Like if you're trying to use your iPhone about like maybe the different ways you can use the settings in your like in your pictures that you already have. I mean, iPhone's way easier than using a five thousand dollar camera because yeah. iPhone doesn't have as many settings as a can that, like, that kind of camera has. Right. So it's really a good way to start. You know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Instead of like going full out buying a expensive camera and trying to learn that learn how to take pictures just regular pictures with your phone you know yeah i hate that's one thing i hate people like because it's like procrastination almost or like not having drive saying like well i can't i can't create content because i don't have this equipment you don't need that equipment to create content you you have a thousand dollar phone in your pocket which 100%. costs more than most cameras. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're actually right. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Like, your phone is really expensive. Mm. <laughs> and it still has a nice camera. I mean, of course, it's not going to be, like, it's not made just for shooting pictures or videos, but it can. Yeah. No, I think. It, and it can do it very well. Quick question for Trav before we dive deeper into this. So, you know, a lot has to do with the lens. A lot has to do with the effects and, and how you alter the pictures. Like, what percentage is what? Like, I know we're about to show them that, that we could do – you could really do anything on, a, on an iPhone or a certain lens. But, like, what's the, you know, what's the split to make something look good? Like, like, is it more on the effect side or the lens? Or is it how you utilize it? I'd say it's how you it's how you shoot honestly like mm-hmm. you can of course you can make a bad picture look good in editing but if you start by shooting a photo correctly with exposure with your exposure correct your white balance correct um and get good uh angles and learn the techniques of actually taking like shooting photos it's going to be even better in editing mm-hmm. you know other than trying to edit just a, a <coughs> shitty photo Everybody out there, look up white balance exposures. All yeah, them words he said. It, you yeah. need to. You need to learn really, that to master this. Really, just go to YouTube and type in the basics of photography. I think yeah. everybody takes for granted YouTube tutorials. Oh, absolutely! I graduated from YouTube University. There you go. I got your masters and everything. Everything. He PhD. really did. Learned yeah, it all. Learned it all. But I think also something that's important to keep in mind that's like a great skill to practice when you just have your iPhone. Like for example, let's say. We all have hats that we make. We all have products that we make. If I didn't have anything and I was just trying to learn how to take photos, I would be like, yo, Logan, you got these Stanley hats. Mm-hmm. You want to go out with my iPhone? I'll try and take some dope pictures for you. One thing that you can practice as a skill that's even outside of the actual camera is how to coach someone through that shoot. Because most people, nine times out of ten, like they don't know how to pose. They don't know how to feel comfortable or to look natural. But if your goal is to be a photographer, a whole part of that skill is your interaction with the client, making them feel comfortable, knowing how to make the product look good. Mm -hmm. And you don't need a fancy camera to practice that with your, you can do it with your iPhone. Which I think is huge. I didn't realize that until I started going out People are like, oh, can you take a picture? Can you go out and take some pictures of me? I'm like, sure. And then they're like, well, what should I do? I'm like, I didn't know I was gonna have to do this part. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know told what me I mean? To take the picture, yeah, you know? I thought I thought I was just gonna snap them, but like, they people look for you to make them feel comfortable, encourage them, make them feel confident. If they don't feel confident, the picture's gonna look bad because they're going to feel awkward, and you're gonna be able to tell. You cannot fake that. I don't yeah. know. You've probably seen some pictures where you're like, this person is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Body language. Yeah, like that's right. a huge thing. Not the way it should be. 
So that's another thing to keep in mind. <clears throat> but so basically, obviously, the newer phones have portrait mode. I don't know much about iPhones, about like what the freaking what number stops I've heard where. I need to get an eight or better. An eight or better. Or a seven or better. Do you have eight, portrait mode? Eight or better. Uh-uh. And I don't it have is eight mode. or better. Yeah. Because I want portrait mode. There y'all, you go. y'all done put me on game. <laughs> He's like, I know you got a taste of it. Yeah. And you were like, he hey, needs to have it. An iPhone is a thousand dollars. A camera's five hundred. So you pick. Yeah, there. You, that's true. It's multi-purpose. Touché. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no. That's yeah. true. But iPhone's not just a camera; it's everything. It's like your whole life, pretty much. You lose that thing, you're gonna be lost for days. To me, it's also about preference, though. Like for me, like all the pictures I take are on my phone. Yeah. Like I've always wanted a camera, but for me, like y'all were saying too, it's like, shoot, I got this right here. I don't need it. Yeah. I can edit it myself, do whatever. But to me, it's a personal eye thing. It's a preference. Like Travis was saying with angles and different things. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was saying like with the phones, it doesn't matter what phone you have or whatever. How do you make it look good without overdoing it? How do you, you know what I'm saying, how do you want it? How do you balance the light and different things yeah, like no, that? Yeah, no, for you sure. You know what I'm saying? It's not really a right and a wrong way, honestly. It's just, pre- like, what do you want to portray in that photo? 100%. You know what I'm saying? You're 100% right. And, like, people, I think, like, a really, a big reason why I picked this topic, and I know Travis feels this way, and I'm sure all of you feel this way, is, like, I hate to see people not get started they make an excuse to not start right and that will kill you if you don't you literally just have to start mm-hmm. and you're going to get better if you go out and take pictures and even if it is just on your iphone when you get an actual camera you're going to feel much more comfortable with that camera you're going to feel like you have an idea of what to do when you throw it into lightroom because you've been playing with lightroom on your phone for the past year that's what happened mm-hmm. to me and I want to, Lightroom is a free app. It's free on your, you can download it to your iPhone. Um, Obviously, you can pay to upgrade for more features, but, like, you can do amazing things to pictures in Lightroom, and it's part of the, like, all the Adobe um, Creative Creative Suite. So the cool thing is if you really want to get into creative stuff, the... A lot of the settings are the same when you go to color grade in Premiere. So if you want to learn how to color grade your videos, it's very, very similar to what you use in Lightroom. So when I started editing video, mm-hmm. then I saw the grid for Premiere. I was like, oh, this looks just like Lightroom. I've used Lightroom before. I, it made sense. I don't know if you feel that way, Trav. Yeah. <clears throat> well, mine was like backwards. So I started editing with videos first before mm-hmm. I started editing photos. But same, same thing. Yeah. Um, but back to what you said about people not, like, taking the leap to get started because of equipment, not mm-hmm. having equipment. Like, back to Sunday 16s, when you asked me, hey, do you want to start making these videos with me? Yeah. I was like, well, I got a GoPro. Let's yeah. try it. Yeah. The <laughs> GoPro Hero 2, which is, like, years and years and years old, and the video looked terrible, but if I didn't start out, like, if I would have said, oh, I don't have a camera, I can't help you. Yeah. We wouldn't be here today. That's 100% yeah. right. Exactly. That's we 100% would, we right. We would not be here today. Yeah. So you guys got to, you know, get your momentum going. And um, once you get into, like Travis said, once you get into using the app, YouTube has literally a million videos. Creative Ryan, Peter McKinnon, Maddie Hoppe, all these crazy creators, um, they all have videos that are really entertaining and that teach you how to use it. It's not like a – I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, watching educational content when you were in school was the most boring thing on the planet. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. the people were no, no one I could relate to. Oh, I was Bill like, Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye was kind of lit. What about LeVar reading oh. Rainbow Cut? Okay, but he yeah. was a little extra, man. He was like smiling <laughs> too <laughs> much. <laughs> and, yeah. Hey, LeVar, I got you, bro. Okay. We're going to hold it down. He's the LeVar. only one that got you. But, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but, I, feel, but I feel like it's cool with 
creators nowadays because you can learn from somebody that you actually can see yourself being and someone that you think is cool and someone that you feel like does exactly what you do as opposed to like when you're in school your teacher's up there trying to teach you something and you're like bro you i don't relate to you at all i have no idea what you're talking about right now you know what i mean 13 isn't that crazy that like we are becoming the teachers or you know whoever masters that craft that they're doing becomes the teacher and and with youtube and the internet and you know cameras like you just set up class right there. You oh, go yeah. live and go, you know, answer questions on the spot. I think yeah. it's, you know. That's what cool. you see, and, like, that's why I think it's cool. I don't think people should get intimidated. I think it's cool that there's 13-year-olds out here making, like, Crazy movies. Content, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, you're 13. How did you make that? But I'm like, that just makes me be like, well, if this 13-year-old kid can figure this out, then I should be able to figure it out because yeah. I've been through master's degree programs. Like, I should be able to figure out how to do this. You know what I mean? So I feel like... That's super cool. And <clears throat> I don't know if you searched, but if you guys search on YouTube, there's not a whole lot that teach you how to go by step by step exactly from like taking the picture to like what you do in Lightroom. And that's what we did with the video. I think it came out pretty fire. Yeah. Which the full video is going to be on tclimtv.com. So, yeah, the full video will be on tclimtv.com in two minutes. It's uploading. Hey. It's uploading right now. It's already uploaded, but it so by will, the time everybody hears this, it's out. It's gonna <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So it's it's eight thirteen right now. It it will be on um the website on, on the website www.tclemtv.com at eight fifteen tonight. So you can peep that after the podcast, or if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, you can peep that right now if you want. If you're if you're feeling like it, take a leap going over to the website (laughs) he said i feel like you should um but shout out to my brother because my brother decided that well he agreed to be my model and if you guys have ever met my brother he's been trying to not trying but i feel like he's had that energy to be a model of some sort his entire life like he can't take a picture like a normal human being he's always like putting his jawline down and changing his shoulder levels like Blue five times, you know? Blinking like, real slow. Yes, like, um, <laughs> just so, but he... Does he do that? I feel like yes. after, after a certain amount of clicks, like, if you just keep clicking, you got to change pose. Yeah, you, you have to. You know what I mean? You can't just stay in the same pose for 20 yeah, pictures. Yeah. Once yeah. that thing goes five times, you got to... You got to switch you gotta it gotta up. Move. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, you know? Oh, he's like, he's like, he's like, But he killed it. He did forget his wallet. You guys will see that in the... In the video there, there's a little storyline, but he killed it, and I had a lot of fun. I don't know, Trav, did you have a lot of fun? Yeah, it was great. I blew Good my time. mind by what we made. I'm blown away by the before and afters of Lightroom. Like, one of the pictures looked, like, completely dark. Like, I couldn't even see Dominique's face. And then you took it in Lightroom, and, like, all the colors popped. And I'm right. like, whoa. So. Free. I hope people out there pick up. What you guys been putting down and taking and run with it because I hope so. that is some top secret stuff. Yeah, these, these, aren't, these aren't Instagram, these aren't Instagram filters or Snapchat filters. Dropping gems. Yeah. Dropping gems out here. So I think that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some entrepreneurship today, which is fitting because we're sitting in this, you know, beautiful podcast studio because mm-hmm. our friend Travis took the leap and. I feel like we've all taken a little bit of a leap in our own way in the past year or two. So um, I think we just want to talk a little bit about that, our journey, and some things that, you know what I mean, some things to keep in mind, why it might be a good idea. Entrepreneurship is cool. Um, I really, I like entrepreneurship in my life right now more than I do music. 
which is kind of like blasphemy for me to say, but you know, you go through those things in life. Really, entrepreneurship is broken down in three simple steps. It's gonna be start your plan. Planning is super easy. You can get into sub-labels like um, marketing, branding, what you're gonna do for your product, but um, I'm just gonna stick to the three. So you've got plan, you're gonna take action, and then you're gonna fulfill. And fulfill is basically closing the deal where you start building a little bit of momentum. Some people it takes months, some people it takes years. I'm not a professional or anything, I just do this recreationally. Um, I have a couple different forms of revenue that I generate, and I like where it's at, and I use that three-step method, and it works every time. Mm. Like where your head's at. Thanks. So, <laughs> coming from an entrepreneur himself, uh -huh. I 100% agree that those three steps, you know, and of course you could dive deeper into each step, but mm -hmm. you definitely got to have a plan, you know, or, you know what I mean, or an idea of what you want to do. Like, totally. For instance, the oh, I'm not even wearing a woe pat. Stanley, <laughs> so the woe pat started as what an ad lib, mm -hmm. and then I was in my head, I'm like, all right, <clears throat> I could see it being like a like a comic book, uh, like a pow or a, you know Dang. what I mean, a whoop. On a uh, So you know, I hit Trav with the idea, and then we took it and ran with it. Now I'm throwing it on clothes and hats and stuff. So what I'm saying is, it, it all started from an idea, and then you know, you gotta plan and then take action and mm -hmm. literally if you're not if you're not taking the action like that is that is the biggest that's yeah if you're not taking action you ain't doing it people get you're just talking not even leaving gas. the gate yep. yeah like from plan and action people overthink a lot of stuff and then it never gets up off the ground mm -hmm. um and also yeah it's it's a steep game man you got to know uh, your demographic, who you're trying to reach, and you got to know what you want to do, and you got to find ways around it because you might have a million dollar idea, but it costs half a million to start up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, you're like, how the hell am I going to get this off the ground? Shark Tank. Shark Tank, exactly. You need to find <laughs> investors. You need to find people who are really down for you. And uh, being in music helps me a lot. You know, I have fans. My little clichés out there. That's why I call my fans now. Clichés. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard. This is new. This is new. So <laughs> That's awesome. exclusive. Would, yeah. would it be the clichés? Yeah, clichés and clichés. Clichés sounds smoother. I was just gonna call them all clichés. <laughs> 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 but we can differentiate. We live in a transgender world or whatever. <laughs> it's a different topic. But yeah, man, getting it off. Wow, guy. Getting it off the ground and just impulsively jumping into it is really how I've uh, gained most of my success. And like I'm saying, I'm not a professional. I'm not very successful at it. But in due time, I do see the growth um, from which where I started into where I'm at now. And it, it's really cool. I think all of us are on the same page with that. Yeah, no, 100%. You want to say something to you real quick? Of course. You know, when it comes to the, you know, the, you said the cliche stuff right there. What you call them? Cle what? Clichites. Clichites? Clichites. I like that. So with the Stanleys, why can't you call them Stans and Mansons? Because you have <laughs> such a, you know, a cult-like following. A cult-like following. Dun, you know? dun, dun. The Stanson Mansons? Yeah, the ladies come up with the black hair, like right beside, like, you know, like, like Charles Manson, like the woman beside him. Oh, I don't think I'm the Stanley he's talking about like the, the <laughs> emo scene people. Come on, like, man, you know. That'd be pretty cool. You know if my I, nerves bad. If I have mm -hmm. fans like that, then they'll definitely be called the Stanson Mansons. There you go. Hey, you heard it. Five or more is the Adams family. There <laughs> 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 he goes. <clears throat> I think back to entrepreneurship, if you are planning to do it and, and go for it, just plan on working your ass off. Oh yeah, like, don't. I mean, twenty four seven. It's it's a not it's a nonstop thing. It's not like you're just gonna start up and work two hours a day. If if you want it to succeed, you're gonna work and work and work. 
and fail and work and work and work and fail and just I mean it's a eventually you'll succeed if you have the right idea and and you go for it the correct way but it's a long rough road you nailed it on the head with those two you said uh hard work and what failure oh yeah, my oh gosh yeah. there it is that's failure. the definition that's of entrepreneurship basically yeah. in a nutshell it, yeah it's it's tough but one if if you do do it it's gonna be awesome you're your own freaking boss at the yeah. end of the day yep. you know yeah nobody but else is gonna motivate you to do it but you can't be afraid to hear no yep no can't be afraid to ask questions you gotta ask no, 100%. You have to, I think, with entrepreneurship, I feel like it's changing. The climate around it is changing, which is a good thing. Like, it's it's being very, uh, I don't want to say idolized, but, like, a lot of people like Gary Vee are bringing it to light in a very positive way. Oh, yeah. We're making it seem like it's something everyone should pursue. Um, and I think that there's, like, there's things about it that make it what I would love to be in control of my own time. That would be great. And I feel like entrepreneurship is one of the only ways you can truly completely be in control of your own time and do what you want when you want. And if you got if you pay attention to like people that are wealthy, people that are wealthy in this world are wealthy because they own things. Mm -hmm. They're not wealthy because they work for someone else. Maybe they do work for someone else as a piece of their income, but they own things and they use that ownership and create more wealth with that. So I feel like I'm glad that it's being talked about more. I'm glad that people are seeing it as a positive option in their life. Um, One thing that we were talking about earlier, one thing that I think is great about entrepreneurship is you have the ability to pick the people you work with. You get to pick your team. You get to 100% handpick the people that you're going to spend 80% of your time around. That's huge. If you're in charge, you get to pick the culture you get to set a standard and you get to be able to dictate what should and shouldn't be done you can't always do that when you work for somebody else a lot of times you fall into whatever culture has already been there but if you want to set let's say you feel like at a job you're working and you're like man we should be working way harder than this but Mm -hmm. like the culture that's set is that like this is this is all that we should strive for and you you can't do much. You can do yeah. more, but like, well, how much change are you gonna do as just someone that works for? And then you're just breaking your back for no reason, right? Essentially, yeah. That but sounds familiar, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a if you're you know in charge of your own business, and you're you know the leader of a team, you set the standard, and you get to be able to like create positive culture, and and so much of our time is spent at work. That can make a huge difference in your quality of life. If you if you ask me, like I think mm-hmm. about that a lot. Like, what would my quality of life be if I just got to be around this certain group of people all the time, working towards something positive that I believed in and helping people at the same time? Like, that sounds like a beautiful way to live. And I feel like it really is. You know? From experience, um, I was unemployed not too long ago for a decent amount of time. It was like four months, five months, or something like that. But it was the best five months of my young adult life like hands down it was just super I got so much done I was in here a lot of freedom to do whatever I wanted and that's what you were trying to like nail on it was the freedom in entrepreneurship is astronomical but yeah yeah totally it's awesome I feel like from a standpoint of like also financial freedom like a lot of times when you work for someone else you're not in control of what you make Mm -hmm. you make sense like the money that you make like, if you have a salary, you make your salary. No matter how hard you work, like, that's your salary. That's what you make. And you're going to 
go to work nine to five and come home with that. But if you are in charge of your own business, you dictate how much you you think your worth, your value is. You know what I mean? And that gives you, I feel like, so many more options and opportunities to like take your life to a different place than mm-hmm. if you work at a company or just work for someone else. Those are the things that get me excited when I think about it. But I've never had that in my blood. You know, like some people just are born with it. Like Malcolm, I feel like, is born with it. Malcolm Lofton, literally since the day I met him, he's always been like hustling towards something and building something and like networking with people since we were in high school. But I'm not like that naturally. So I'm like, am I going to be, would I be able to even do something like that? Like those are the thoughts that go on, Mm -hmm. go in my head. You got to be motivated. (laughs) And it definitely helps to have a team around you or even just people to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Or somebody that is a good enough friend to shoot down your ideas. You know, even when you think they're good because, you know, they're not always good. Back to something Logue said, you got to recognize who your target audience is going to be, whether that's going to be the 18 to 25 range or the, you know, Mm -hmm. 50 to 70 or whatever it is and then you need to figure out how to how you can engage them with what it is you're bringing to the table whether it's a product or a service um another big thing that would go into entrepreneurship regardless of what it is whether it's a product or a service is promo Mm -hmm. and marketing marketing and branding and you definitely got to put money into the to the marketing and, and promo game um off topic. Well, it's not even off topic, but like like last episode we had Nick D come through. Yeah. And he was telling us the numbers he puts behind his promo for every time he drops a song and he sets aside X amount of hours after he drops just to engage with fans. Mm-hmm. You know, and, cool. and I think that's really helping him build the fan base. Yeah. Um man, we're dropping gems all <laughs> podcast long. Right. If anybody <laughs> wants season. to get into any game, like just pick it up and run with it, like for real. And one more thing, following up with Shatora said, she said when you step into the culture and the demographic you're trying to target, um, you don't have to like feel like you have to walk the straight and narrow with the same thing that everyone else has done before you too. Entrepreneurship is very, it has a lot of freedom. You can be as unique as you'd like to be. Um, it's basically art, essentially, no, yeah, that's just in a business mm-hmm. form. Yeah. So. I find that super like interesting and appealing too because like <clears throat> Gary becomes to mind for this example like, the dude says what's on his mind 100% of the time. He never sugarcoats it. He never, like, tries to not say his opinion to offend somebody. And he's like, I don't care because I'm going to be who I am all the time. I'm never going to be fake to please somebody else to try to make a deal happen. And there's been so many speaking engagements that have been like, well, we want to book you, but you can't cuss. And he's like, well, then we're, you're not booking me because right. I'm not going to get in there and be and dumb down who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool because sometimes if you're being the face of a company, like he's the most authentic dude in business that I know. You know what I mean? Even if I don't agree with what he says, it doesn't ever – I don't ever look at him in a negative light. But then you see other CEOs who are f- being fake, and then yeah, something got, comes like, out. And all yeah. And, and then yeah. something comes out about them, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like this mm-hmm. is so crazy. I feel like entrep- – I, I like the fact that he can just be himself all the time and like – that's part of his brand. That's building his business by being himself. You know, he so doesn't true. have to be fake. To build on that, mm. what I said earlier is you can't be afraid to hear a no. 
Well, you also can't be afraid to say no. That's true. As you've just said, you don't want to dumb down your image or or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Maybe maybe you don't want to work with a certain brand because of how they're marketing their, themselves. Mm-hmm. But you're going a different route. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. You don't want to upset half your fan base just by working with one company. or You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah for sure. No, you can't be afraid to hear no, and you can't be afraid to say no because there are bad deals and this and that and you got to stay true to yourself and just be real no 100 percent. that's good one thing someone said that i thought was really cool once he was a, <clears throat> a gym owner and he said that like his family everybody in his family was like this is the riskiest thing you'll ever do starting this business it's so stupid you like you're in no control and he was like that makes no sense to me he was like i'm in more control of my job than any of my family mm-hmm. he's like they could go to work tomorrow and just because someone feels like it they could get fired exactly. he's like i will never be fired from my job unless i literally have no money left like mm-hmm. i'm the last person that's going to lose my job when it's my own company he's like i don't understand why everyone keeps pushing that story of like there's no security in it. He's like, there's more security in it for me if I do what I'm supposed to do than mm-hmm. it, there is for anybody that's working for another person. And I feel like that's also true. And, like, that can come back to help you if you do what Travis says and you work as hard as you possibly can to be able to, you know what I mean, be confident that your business is going to be able to support what you're mm-hmm. doing, your lifestyle. Um, but I think that's also true, too, is, like, you always know exactly where you stand financially. You never have to wonder or guess if you're going to have a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's even more motivation, knowing that it's it all falls back on you. Damn you right. know, the doors are opening because you're coming in there, or yeah. you know what I mean? Or you got more employees under you, and just knowing that, you know what I mean, if, if I fail, they fail. I failed them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's motivation in itself to keep pushing and, you know. Yeah. Why is it that when, you know what I'm saying, entrepreneurs do come out and, you know, talk about their ideas. Why is it the people with the most to say are the people who've never had a dream? That's very true. Or have true. never followed anything. Like you say, cool, everybody <coughs> needs a job, everybody needs to pay their bills, blah, 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 blah. But you want to do the same structural thing every day for 20, 30, 40 years, and you barely get a raise, and you're calling me stupid. Yeah, no, I know. I think it's because people... I don't know. I feel like it's because people Thanks. are afraid. Most of the time, it's people that genuinely do care about you, and they're afraid because they don't understand. They can't see that. They can't see that lifestyle ever working. They can never see themselves doing that. Mm -hmm. So they're afraid for you because they're like, there's no way that this is going to work, and you're only going to put yourself into this bad situation. Mm -hmm. But it's like that's only because you you don't have a mindset that I have. You don't have the passion or the the drive or the belief that I have, and that's okay. You don't have to have it, but, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to – not believe in me just because you right. can't understand that, which I know Logan's brought that up a million times on the podcast. But mm. I think that's, you know, I feel like that's why a lot of people do come with those negative comments. What did, uh, what does Jay Law always say? He says, uh, if my, my family or whatever doesn't think it's a good idea, I double down on it. <laughs> he really? said, I double down. And, and he said, you know, <laughs> nine times out of 10, that's the formula that works. Whenever my family thinks it's a bad idea, I double down on yeah. it, and yeah. it, it pops. And it's all about the hustle. That's something you can't teach. Somebody, you know, utilizing their work ethic to keep achieving. Mm-hmm. You know, just because people think, oh, why is he doing that? Just because somebody else, like, you have something going for you doesn't mean it's going to work for the next person because oh, they're not going to have the same hustle that you have put in towards it. Mm-hmm. So people look so dumbfounded all the time. Yeah, you can exactly. do literally yeah. anything you want to do mm-hmm. 
if you put your mind to it and really want to do it. Yep. Like Travis said, it's not two hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Brown you want to utilize your time, you can do anything you really want to do. Big woke, big woke. Facts. Big woke. This next topic we're going to talk about is perfect that we're with the skillet because we're talking about teamwork here. Um, I read a book by a dude named Jocko Willink. It's called Extreme Ownership. Um, he's a Navy SEAL. Um, he talks about his deployment over in Iraq, and he talks about all these different ways to be a good leader. And one of the chapters that stuck out the most to me was one that said there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Um, and the little story that he gave to kind of preface the lessons in the book was obviously when you do BUDS, like to become a Navy SEAL, they go through something called Hell Week. And they made these four teams of four boat crews, right? Okay. One team was smashing everybody at first place every single time. The other team was losing, coming in dead last. The other two were kind of switching back and forth. So the dude on the worst team was complaining. He was like, yo, I have the worst people on my team. These people suck. They're horrible. Like, no wonder that we're coming in last. Like, making every excuse. And basically, after, like, three or four days, the leaders in the groups were like, okay, let's just switch those two captains then. Like, if he wants to complain so much, let's just switch them. Put the dude on the, the captain from the worst team with the best team and the captain from the best team with the one that's coming dead last. He showed out, didn't he? Showed out. Literally, the team that was in last place went from last place to first and stayed in first the entire rest of the time. And that other team, because they had good people on it, they still came in, like, second or third. But they never got back to first place. That one dude's team came in first no matter who he was with. Mm -hmm. And that's how they started this whole, like, there's no bad teams, only bad leaders type thing. 100%. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really true. And I have a couple, like, what I like about that book, if you guys are in a position where you need a book about leadership, I really recommend that. I bought that book when I got a promotion at my job. And I was like, man, I really want to, like, learn how to be – a good in a good position of leadership um so i bought that and it has a story and then it also gives you like action points and reasons right so it didn't just say like be a good leader it gave you little pieces of work as to why that team was successful and why the other team wasn't and so <clears throat> this first one said that the dude on the bad team he didn't believe that his team could win that was one of the reasons why they lost every time. Like, he literally believed that every person on his team was bad and that they didn't have a chance of winning ever. So, like, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a position like that, either on a sports team or anywhere where you're, like, the person that's in charge is just, like, settling because they're like, well, this is the best we can do, so this is what we're at right now. And then, of course, if that's what they think, like, mm -hmm. why are you going to go any higher? I, like, just got the metaphor of, like, your parents because they're leaders, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that's your role model and they're not doing anything, then, like, you're going to be in the same boat. Yeah, you're going to think, like, well, this is the best I can do, right? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so that was, like, one of the points. <clears throat> the second thing is, like, he said that the bad captain would justify the team's poor, poor performance instead of looking for ways to, like, improve. So instead of being like, all right, we just got killed, we need to regroup here and figure out a plan, he would just be like, yeah, we suck. You guys are all horrible. Like, that's why you guys can't do this. You guys complain. This is why we're in last place. So instead of, like, taking a step back, that he just justified the fact that they were underperforming and said that that's okay because they weren't supposed to be doing better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is, I don't know. I think about like, real life and, like, things about, like, 
maybe it's budgeting or whatever, and it's like, well, this is all we're ever going to get, so just accept what you have and, like, don't worry about it. Like, we're not going to get more money in our budget. We're never going to be able to afford this type of thing. And that's, like, if that's your leadership, and that's the person that you're looking up to, you're never going to, like, you think that there's yourself. any other possibility, right? What's that right. term? Is that, what, pessimistic? Yeah, exactly. Very pessimistic, yeah. you got to be yeah. optimistic as a leader. You also tend to realize that, like, one negative comment can really just like bring your whole team down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like totally. It could just be one small thing, and then it's just like everything just plummets. Because then at that point, like people start losing motivation. They don't want to work with you. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, whatever. You, know? you yeah, have to utilize no, your role players too. Yeah. You have to utilize your role players. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Going the NBA and stuff. Yep. Everybody wants to have the big three or starting five with all stars. Yeah. It's not going to work. Everybody wants the shots. Everybody wants this. Yeah. You got to have role players. You got to have, sometimes you got to have five Pippins and not five Jordans. You know what I'm saying? You're right. It's just how it has to be. That's a, that's a good. We talk about that all the time with us playing our part, too. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. we all have strong points and we all capitalize on them. And that's why we're a good team. That's for sure. hundred percent. Like, all right, let's see what else I got in my notes here. So, he said that he had a, this is huge. He had a victim mentality, which prevented him and his team from looking inward to where they could prove they could improve. Um, the losing boat crew never focused on the goal itself; they focused on their individual pain, exhaustion, and suffering. So it's like they never focused on the fact that they were trying to get in first place. They were trying to strive for more. They were trying to be better. The thing they focused on was how much pain they were in, how hard it was why they weren't doing good those were the all those were all the points that the author brought up as to why that leader's team remained in last place and even when he switched to a team with better people he still fell behind because mm -hmm. his mentality yeah, had his changed. outlook and perception of it morale right? was low yeah 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 it's it's just yeah it's it's crazy to me like and i don't know if you guys have ever been in a work position or played for a sports team <laughs> where it's been one way or the other, you know? But it's literally, if you don't have someone that you respect, that you feel like believes in you, that f you feel like wants to do better, like, that you're working with, it's really hard to, like, to motivate. Obviously, if you're self-motivated, you're going to do a good job, but it's going to be hard to, like, get a whole group of people moving in the same direction if they don't have that one person that's guiding them. Right. So I want to take it back a couple of years and shall remember these times uh, back when we were working at Finish Line. Yeah. So I was managing and I would notice that, you know, certain people would work differently under different managers. You know what I mean? Like yep. when when I had, you know, a team working on me or I was working the shift for the night, people were working. I, you know, we we knew it needed to be done. Yeah. We got it done. I'm also like a lead by example kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So like if the store's a wreck and there's clothes everywhere, I'm going to go around and start picking it up. And then somebody's going to see me doing that. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be like, oh man, I got to help Bull out. Yeah. Because he's picking up the whole store by himself. And then I'll start folding the shirts and I'll put somebody on that because they see that the manager is doing it. Yep. So why wouldn't they? And I, I feel like, you know, no matter what type of, of job it is, I feel like the lead by example is huge, no, especially so huge. in, in mm. getting people in a rhythm or, you know what I mean, even if it's a sport or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, like, I work, I work with sports, <coughs> sports teams, and I can see the difference between the mentality of a winning team with good leadership mm -hmm. and a mediocre or a bad team. 
mediocre or bad team, always not everyone wants the same thing. So there's no clear goal. Some people want to win. Some people could care less. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people are like, we're going to lose, and I don't care. And other people on the team are like, we can't lose. Teams that I've seen that are dominant, it's because the captains on their team outwork everybody, and, like, losing is not an option. There's zero expectation that that would ever happen. And I feel like that's contagious. And I don't know. So that's a piece of the things. Those topics that we just went over were the things from the bad leadership point as to why they kept losing. Um, I have a couple other, but do you have some stuff you want to touch on, Bull? I was just going to go through some some traits of a leader. I like it. Some some good traits to have or to be a good leader, you know, honesty and integrity, that's huge. Just being real and being honest, like being upfront with people. You know, if if we got a $2,000 goal to make today or whatever it is, I'm going to tell everybody, look, you got to get yeah. out there and hustle. Go sell some shoes or whatever it is. <coughs> I'm just going to keep relating everything to finish line because I'm just Yeah, because I remember <laughs> that, man. Um, <coughs> inspiring. I mean, that goes without being said. I mean, you got to inspire, like, kind of along the same lines of, of being real and yeah. integrity. Uh, commitment and passion. You got to have a passion for it. Motivation. Good communication skills. That's oh, yeah. huge. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest things to being a leader. You got to communicate. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Yeah. Like you were saying with, with the sports team and bad leaders, nobody's – somebody wants this. Other people want to win. Somebody wants to go home. Like, yep. I got to go right. see my girl. Like, yep. yeah. I, I've been there. I've been, in, you know – Back in high school with sports, you know, you're kind of tired of it during practice, during the week. You're like, yeah. man, I just can't wait to get off, go see my girl. Like, yeah. I got to wake up, come back again. Like, <laughs> But no, but definitely keeping everybody on the same page and good communication skills. Having decision-making capability, somebody has to be the one to make that decision right, or, or what needs to be done over top of everything or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's huge. Who's going to make that decision? And it needs to be the leader. Yeah. Or everybody just being agreeing. It's like, all right, yeah, you're right. We got to yeah. do that. Accountability. Like you said, uh, the the bad leader mm-hmm. uh, wasn't taking accountability for his team. And he was just saying, yeah, y'all suck. Yep. So, you know, having accountability – when things aren't going good, you're like, yeah, it's not going good. This is what I got to do to fix it. And then back to Logue's, taking action and yep. then fixing it. Yeah. Um, another thing I wrote down is nothing will work unless you do, and that kind of goes back to lead by example. Um, I, in fact, I would always feel that way. Like I would look around at a dirty store. Again, I'm coming back to retail. Yeah, but you have to. I look around <laughs> at a dirty store, and I'm like, yo, ain't nobody. He, he's over there on his phone. She's selling shoes. Somebody's ringing them up. Ain't nobody going to do it unless you do it. And you can relate that to anything you're doing. You know, if you're doing music, especially music, I mean, because that's kind of like almost a solo game unless you got a squad around you. If you ain't going to do it, ain't nobody going to be there to be like, yo, I'm about to mix this for you, or I'm about to write that song for you, so... Or, or if you're in apparel or entrepreneurs, like, ain't nobody going to stitch them hats for you. Ain't nobody going to come up with this. You got to do it yourself. And leading by example, um, that's about all I got. I got that. So the next, like, list of things I have, this was all the qualities that the guy pulled out as to why the leader from the winning team went to the worst team and continued to come in first place even with people who everyone thought were bad, 
because with the other guy, they came in dead last every time. Mm-hmm. And the reason they were like, well, why is this guy go from the best team to the worst team and still come in first place? And these were the topics from the book. Um, he said the first thing he said is he accepted ownership of the fact that his team was underperforming and needed to do better. So exactly what you said. Like extreme ownership. That's what the um the whole book's about. Is like knowing that no matter what happens, it's on you because you're you're in charge. Um, he didn't blame anyone or make excuses to justify the poor performance. I feel like that's huge because no matter if it's in your body language or your verbal language, if you're constantly making excuses or feeling like there's a there's you know what I mean, it's not your fault that this A B and C happened. It's gonna you're gonna lose trust and respecting the people that follow you. So being able to stand up and be like, you know what, this is on me. I didn't I didn't show you how to do this correctly or I didn't explain to you in enough detail how to do it. So I'm taking part of the the blame here. I feel like that that definitely builds trust and um, good leadership. He said he didn't wait for someone to solve his team's problems. He made a realistic ass- assessment, acknowledged their failure and then made a plan to move forward. So, like, it's not like he sat there and waited for somebody to be like, what's going on here? Why are you guys losing every time? What, are you, why, what do you need to do? Like, he was like, okay, this team's not been doing well. Why are we not doing well? All right, well, here's the plan for us to change that up and see how much more successful we can be. Um, and the last thing it said – he said this is the most important. He said most importantly, he believed that it was possible for his team to, for his team to win, and he showed that in his actions. And I feel like that's huge. Like we, this kind of all ties together. But knowing that you can be successful, believing that you can be successful, and getting everyone to move in the same direction is extremely important. I've seen that in sports. I've seen that in business. I've seen that in any type of group of leadership. When you have somebody who has a clear goal and is like, this is what we're doing and I believe we can do it, you inspire other people to believe that they can like rise up and be more than what they could be. I've been on teams with coaches like that before, but go ahead. No, I mean like that's like a perfect example of like kind of what I'm like witnessing now. And I'm not by any means saying that like I'm a great leader at all in my job. Like I'm pretty damn lazy like at a lot of things that I do. But we work in like healthcare staffing right now. So obviously with this whole thing, if you guys don't know, like Indeed has now started charging like recruiting companies like thousands and thousands of dollars to even use their service. And so a lot of us like had that morale where everything was low. It's like, all right, everyone's not getting resumes to make a call. And like because in the name of the game, it's like all, you know, we want to be able to staff these people. But on top of that, like, you know, there's an incentive. There's a like there's a bonus for every person we Mm -hmm. bring in. So obviously, like, when you're not bringing as many people, you don't get that, you know, you don't get that incentive. And then on top of that, you know, your morale is all low. So us using, like, Facebook or Indeed or, or like, not Indeed, but, like, Facebook, LinkedIn or, like, Twitter, any other source, um, Facebook has been, like, our biggest success. And we would get multiple comments of people who are really interested, whether that be, like, travel nursing, like, nurses caregivers etc like even if one person on your team's not getting it you can always just let them know like hey like i have a bunch of comments right here that i can't answer like here you reach out to them it's like having them piggyback off you for a little bit until they get their feet like they get their feet wet and everything and then they can take over like and i've learned this like kind of how you say in sports 
just because you have one primary leader, like a captain or anything, doesn't mean that they might be the best or they may not even be a leader at the end because, like, you know, there's always going to be someone better that, like, once they figure out, like, how to speak up and speak out, they might do a way better job You're than right. the person that's exactly. already in charge of you right then and there. You're right. So, yeah. I think that's key to being a great listener mm-hmm. as well. I think somebody who leads also has to listen. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It can't always just be, this is my way, this is my way. You got to be able to take that constructive criticism, like you guys were saying earlier, everything like that. You know what I'm saying? Because even the role players under the star uplift the star as well. It's not just the star uplifting the role players and vice versa. Because yeah. everybody's going to need the uplifting. Because the leader still needs to know that the people under him are like, yo, man, I believe in you too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. needs And even if it's, like, not a leader, it's just, like, you got to let them know that, like, you know, if someone's being negative, just being like, all right, like, if you, if it's, like, it's, like, um, what, like, our coach always said, it's, like, you know, fill the bus, and it's, like, everyone is on that bus. Right. And if you feel like nothing's working or something, you're just complaining left and right, then get off the bus. Like, this bus yeah. wasn't meant for you. I told exactly you. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, like, tough love is a real thing. Like, don't be afraid to speak out and just be like, you know what, like, if you're just going to be complaining, like, get out. Yeah, and, like, you're right. and if you want to be on board and you think you want to be here for a good while, then like, stop, like stop, stop the bullshit and yeah. just like actually get on board. Tie your boots tight. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Let's lace up because we're about to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely sure. agree. And like, I, everyone had like such good topics, but like, just if you're interested in leadership at all, I feel like there was so much good content. And be keep in mind also that like you don't necessarily have to be given a title of promotion just to be a leader. Like, you can step up and lead no matter where you are, no matter who you are. You have family, that people that look up to you. I know we've talked about this in the community. You can always find a place to be positive leader. So just keeping that in mind. Trav, what what do you got to say about being a leader? Well, back to this, the original topic, like, there's no bad teams, only bad leaders. Mm-hmm. I could go in for hours and hours <laughs> on examples, but I would probably lose my day job. <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. Yeah. And that is right there, a bad leader, because they would take my examples of how they're a bad leader, and they would put it back on me, and you know. But are you being a bad leader and saying that they're bad leaders? I'm not the leader. Yeah, well, I feel like well, <laughs> I'm not the leader. Of I feel what like I'm everybody about. is a leader in some way, you know. I'm, I'm no, not you're not understanding where he's coming job. from. You're not understanding. No, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. I'm not the leader. What I'm what I'm talking about. I'm not the leader. I I am part of the team. Yeah. And it's not a bad team. It's a great team. But the morale and the attitude that comes from the leaders' morale and attitude, it literally it's like what you said. It's um, uh, would you say uh, example. Accountability. No, would you say, how do you say? Accountability, inspiring, commitment, passion, communication, decision making, (laughs) accountability. No. Uh, Lead by example. Lead by example. So, lead by example. (laughs) It's also, it can be a bad thing because that leader can have a bad attitude and that's leading by example. Oh, yeah, that's the example they're setting. The example they're setting is a bad attitude and and low morale and, and, being an asshole. <laughs> He's like so being mean. Your so your employees basically. are going to be yeah. pissed off yep. because they're they have to deal with you having a bad attitude and you you have a bad attitude and it's not even their fault. You know, you have a bad attitude from something that Other has thing. nothing to do with what is going on. Mm-hmm. It just See, makes I could I could literally go on for hours but I can't I can't. He's like getting worked <laughs> up. Travis got red. <laughs> Student always Next. becomes a master. <laughs> so to uh, sum it all up there's no bad teams, just bad leaders. Yep. I agree. 
So we got our special guest in the building, Isaac. Hey. Isaac with an E-Y-E. What's, what's up, gamers? <laughs> That's good. Sorry. So you've been grinding hard lately. Just dropped an album for your eyes only. Available on all platforms? Yeah, yeah. It took forever. Like, I remember the biggest situation was that um, I think I used the wrong, like, vocalist. Like, I guess, like, the way her letter was spelled or something was, mm -hmm. like, lowercase and not capitalized and it got mixed up with mm. another act on spotify oh shoot so it needed to get approved so oh. it went out on soundcloud at noon that friday or midnight that friday mm -hmm. but it didn't come out until like monday on like itunes and spotify which like but now it's process. on everything yeah, yeah. awesome nice. yeah but it was stressful oh yeah no it was <laughs> the biggest headache ever You're like, yeah. what's going on? so aside from the release like how long how long were you working on it um so it's actually really crazy because I remember, um, I remember I had played a show October thirty, not thirty first. It was like uh, October twenty seventh. I had mm -hmm. just played a show at Echo Stage, and my friend like had just sent me all the like all the photos and the videos of just like everything. Mm -hmm. And then I remember November twenty sixth on my Instagram, I posted it. And I just said, I had been working on so much music, I'm going to make an album. And mm -hmm. that was my sole decision of just like all these rough projects that weren't even finished yet. Right. And I was like, wow, like, why did I post this? Because now and I have to. Now <laughs> I have to really make yeah. this. But <clears throat> it from November 26th and then April 26th is when it came out. So from that span, I think it was like five or six months or something like that. But yeah. Like Five an eight track like LP, it was nice. I mean, it was it was really cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I read a I read a post. I don't know if it was on your Instagram or website, but it was said that you met up with a group of another group of creatives. I think in February, something about beyond anxiety. Oh, be, okay, okay, beyond so the anxiety. Okay, okay. Anxiety. And uh, right. I know you said that those people had a huge impact on your life, and they really were like a positive impact. Mm -hmm. So I was saying, like, what do you feel like? meeting those people at that point in your life, do you feel like you really needed that at that time? And what impact do you think that had on your music? <coughs> um, so with the music, ah, Jesus, that's a, that's a really good one. <laughs> um, so when I first met this person, it was like a friend that I met through like a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And um, that was his first time seeing me perform. And because this was like at a, like a smaller venue, the way like the way the venue is like promoted it's like there's no like name on the like outside you just have to know it mm -hmm. if not it just looks like another building so they found it and they missed my set entirely awesome. but then he introduced himself and he introduced uh he introduced his friend and um that like i had no idea that that friendship was going to be what it was now and it was insane because because of that person that he introduced me to, she had introduced me to another group of friends and then this other group of friends and we made this group chat called the Anxiety Gang. It was always just like a little play on word that we used, but like we all had different forms of anxiety, like especially for me with social anxiety, it's like like pretty difficult. And so that like grew and these people like to this day, like I mean, it's it's a weird situation right now because I don't really talk to them, but um, just like some falling out and stuff, and just like we can get that we can get to that later. But like these people were just because of them, uh, they were my biggest support system. Like for me getting to play Echo Stage mm -hmm. and like constantly playing shows in DC and getting my name out because 
not just kind of like how you get fan love, like the support. Mm-hmm. They were that support. It wasn't just one person posting. It was six people. Every single time Every you drop something. Every single time, yeah. They have people that are constantly looking at their page. Know. Yeah, and these people <laughs> weren't afraid to like give me those types of critiques where it's like, you know, this is great, but I think you can do so much better. And like, I take a lot of my sound to just like into another artist's sound, like who's like my biggest inspiration. And they always tell me like, Christian, like you really need to try to break out of that sound. Like try something different. Try to find something unique or tweak that sound and make it your own. Mm-hmm. And like now that's what I'm doing a lot more mm-hmm. since the album's been out. But like that's that's like it, yeah. That's huge. That's dope. Mm-hmm. So that's you've grown cool. a lot since the album's dropped. You've learned a lot. Oh, yeah, no. I think April, the month of April to now has been the biggest like hardship, heartbreak, everything, like in between, like everything hit me at once and I just realized that I need to grow I need to grow up and I need to grow up fast. Mm-hmm. Especially not just like as a person. But as a like as an artist, right? Yeah, and that's and that from that moment on, it's like it's been just smooth sailing from well, there. Especially in the industry you're in, and you know, <coughs> networking is the biggest thing. You know, what I mean, you can't just put an album out and then expect it to go platinum. But the networking, look, look where it's got you. You know, you met somebody that met some introduced you to somebody, yeah. and now you're doing shows Echo all stage. over. That's yeah, no, yeah. Echo stage is huge. Echo stage yeah. is huge. And it's man. funny because like the third of July, and I give it, I I credit this person. Cause she like works for the promo company, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember it like it's yesterday. The third, it was like two weeks before the show. Tells me, hey, like, to the the way the promo company works is most of the artists when you start off, you're not gonna play a big stage. Yeah, you're not gonna play a big stage to start off. They want to see how you are, and you know you're gonna work your way up. Mm-hmm. They just gave me a call, and said, what are you doing? Can you play this? And this was my first show, my second show in the city. My first largest show with this promo company in front of like three thousand people. That's crazy. Woo! Yeah, and maybe even more. I don't. I don't remember. But it was like the Fourth of July. Like, dang. Yeah, that was like nuts. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, so that like it blows my mind. What were you thinking in the car driving there? Like, I gotta go to this huge show. Had you ever? Prefer- had you ever been in that front of that many people before? Three thousand. Never, never. And I remember because the first show I did was for my biggest influence, like ever. Like he's the reason why I make music, mm-hmm. and so. Opening for him was really, really cool, and I was more nervous than that. And then when I came to play Echo Stage, I didn't have that, like, oh, like, I'm not nervous. And I remember putting my hand on the CDJ, like, on the tempo range because I need a switch. My hand was, was like, like this at doors because I was playing, like, a 9 p.m. slot. Yeah. But then they told me I had to close. Oh, shoot. And that's Ooh. when, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is a whole different, like, mind Situation. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like, it, it's weird, but it was cool. That's awesome. Man. Well, I have a question for you, man. So, like, mm-hmm. you said you have, like, you had anxiety type of problems mm-hmm. as well. So, with you being on this type of stage of doing music and being in front of all these people, how do you actually tame your anxiety when you have to be you know, full in the front, like, you know what I'm saying, on the front line, like, you know what I'm saying, rocking your head and getting them engaged. How do you deal with your anxiety with having to be in such a position? So remember me playing Bass Station? Yes, I do. Do you remember me not looking up at the crowd at at all? I do notice that a little bit though, man. But you were so into it, like yeah, you were my yeah. favorite act. Yeah, I looked, I looked down the whole time. That I don't look up, and that's like now, like slowly realizing that from the advice that I got from my friends, like they're like, you may not be looking down, or you might just be like grooving, but like you really need to be like up in the ante, even if you don't look entirely all the time. You got to be dancing. You got to be doing something. And now that's what like I'm working now towards. But. Right. Um, 
I'm very sociable. I'm very like happy and like I can, you know, meet a ton of people and like be not be worried. But if I'm like, you know, just like in a large crowd of people that I don't know, like right. everything starts to like trigger and then I just walk away and like even at bars and stuff too, like it just weirds me out. So it's more of like a social like it's being in a crowd as right. much. Like even if you see me at a show, like I'll be in the far corner just like listening to music and not being like in the pit, like in the pit or anything. Yeah. That which like, because how we were talking about Travis Scott, I want to go see him. I don't think I would ever. You don't think you'd be there? No way. No shot. You would be like, they'd be shoving you. I'd be freaking out. I'd be screaming. Yeah. (laughs) Claustrophobic. Like, (laughs) yeah. What did I do? It's like a form of, yeah, like kind of claustrophobia, but social anxiety just really gets it. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's, yeah, that's like pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you. And this mm-hmm. is to come back because I was, you know, researching a little. I went through your Instagram. And I know I went to Shenandoah. I know you said you went there mm-hmm. and you played lacrosse there. Yeah. And then you hurt, got hurt. Yeah. Was that a season ending or career ending? That was, uh, well, to me, I thought it was career ending. Um, now I, I'm just picking it back up. Now okay. I'm playing men's league now. But um, it was that same day I had just received my first, like, DJ mixer. And that was our first day of fall ball practice. Mm-hmm. So when I tore my ACL, it was kind of like, that was it, you know? Because yeah. it was going into For my the senior whole year season. of college. Oh, dang. So it was like my senior year of college. I used to work with men's across that Shenandoah, so it's such a small world. Because I remember having this conversation with you, mm-hmm. like, at Bay Station. Right. Do you feel like music saved you a little bit? Do you feel like you would have been in a much darker place if you didn't have that to do when you couldn't be... I would lose my mind if I couldn't do lunges. If I, I know, couldn't do know, my lunges, we know. <laughs> it's like, what you talk about. So it sucked. It really yeah. did suck. I mean, um, I ended up quitting. I ended up quitting my last year um, because I had to. I was still being accountable. I had to be held accountable for waking up and going to these six a.m. practices and going to practice late at night, being in the cold, like being stuck out there, like, not doing what you love to do, it really sucked. But, you know, while I was recovering, and that was the time I was like, well, I mean, I bought this DJ mixer. I might as well learn how to do something. So then I learned how to do that for a little bit, and then that got a little, quote-unquote, too easy for me. Mm-hmm. It's not, DJ's not easy. Like, I know a bunch of other people that really do, like, a great job. I'm, I'm not good at it, but... Um, I was like, oh, this is too easy. Let me learn how to produce. And that's, like, what really kicked it off. Like, being stuck in bed and not doing anything, like, it was, that's what really got me. So I was like, all right, now I have time to do this. Yeah. I have time to do everything else but lacrosse. So it was career ending, but also career beginning. Yeah, like, yeah, career building, yeah. It was meant to be. Like some destiny, I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah. I was meant to tear my knee. (laughs) (laughs) I I never bestow that on anyone. If anyone ever, like, I think I heard someone, like, as a joke at a bar, saying, like, I hope you tear your ACL. I was like, don't you ever say that to anybody. (laughs) Like, no way. I'm an athletic trainer, so, um, I had three this year that I had to rehab from beginning to end. Oh, man. So I, f- I can – I don't – I've never had it happen, but I've w- helped people from yeah, beginning to word. end, and it's definitely – it's tough. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you have music to get you through that for yeah. sure. <coughs> so I want to know what software you use. I use Ableton. Ableton. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. I hear that a lot. Yeah, no. All platforms. Mm-hmm. No, it's cool. I mean, I think uh, – when I first started, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I saw these tutorials and, like, everyone was using FL Studio when I was first starting. 
mm-hmm. and then I just realized it's kind of the same thing. Like n- some things, there's always different features to every like program, but most of the tutorials that I learned um, were all just like FL FL tutorials. But I used Ableton, and, and you converted it into it. Yeah, yourself. Pretty simple. Oh, that's yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Our buddies down at C Corp use uh, Ableton, so I've been kind of picking up some things and watching it. And like you said, uh, a lot of the programs are the same. There's just, you know, subtle differences or this or that. Yeah. I want to know, you know, what goes into making a track for you? Like, where do you start? Where do you draw your inspiration from? Like, break this down for us. So um, I want to start off by first saying it's like a big, like a big, big, like shout out to my friend Will, like prices, because he's the reason, like, that a lot of my inspiration has grown, like his chord progressions and everything, and you know, learning from all of that, and like every single track that he puts out, it makes me just kind of want to mimic, but kind of flip it around and do little things, right? And kind of making it my own thing, and it's that's that's kind of how it starts. So like primarily, it'll start off from, you know, my biggest thing is the chord progression. That's my big thing, and then. I kind of rearrange that into a drop section. And then after that, like once I start thinking of like the drop chord right there, that's when I throw the drums in. Okay. Yeah. And that's like, that's kind of how my step-by-step process goes. It's the drop first. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just kind of reconstruct everything all over again from the intro to right. all of that. Okay. That's it's complex, cool. but really mm-hmm. cool. It's really like, I've told my friends about that and they said it's like, it's really weird how I do it, but it works for me. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it'll be like the drop, and then sometimes I'll start from the beginning, but like 90% of the time it's It's just the the drop drop first. As long as it gets finished. So all Mm -hmm. fair, we were talking about (coughs) the sound recorder and how you record, you know, train sounds or whatever it is just Mm -hmm. to fill space in a track. Elaborate a little bit on that. Um, I actually like, so with the Tascam, I just bought that like not long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started realizing like, you know, you can there's a there's a sample like thing called splice where mm-hmm. you can literally just grab anything mm-hmm. from any sample but i mean uh, as a lot of people say it's not what sound you use it's how you use it exactly. sometimes it feels a little better when you just kind of have everything yourself mm-hmm. like even if it sounds like something that's been processed and like made it's already on right like splice about it. it's cool mm-hmm. because like an original track can literally just be like all you from the ground up yep. so like i heard it from an interview the guy told me is like or the guy said on the interview was i'll do recordings once a month and at the end of the day i have a library full of sounds that he ends up actually distributing on splice and yeah. selling that's what yeah. i was going to ask you like yeah. do you are you like creating your own library i do my own library i haven't really sold any like i haven't sold anything right. um if you guys know, if you guys look up on Splice, like medicine, like medicine is like how I say is the reason why I start music. But he also has like six volumes of like sample packs. Mm-hmm. And his half his samples never sound like a traditional like trap snare. They sound right. so unique or like the sounds he uses are so warm. And that's what makes him like kind of separate himself from like electronic music and just his own little world, you know. Now is that the artist that you opened for? That yeah, that was my first. That, that was the first show that I had ever played. With. That was Medicine. That was shout out to Medicine. Yeah, yeah he was really for getting cool. this yeah. guy going. Yeah. that's awesome. I have a question from a standpoint of music. So, <clears throat> when you have vocal vocals on your mm-hmm. tracks, right? Are those 
vocals that you're pulling from somewhere or vocals that you're having someone sing? Um, in what songs, like recently? Like, so are you, like, go, go ahead. Just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, in general, I don't, I don't have any off the top of my head. Okay. But I'm wondering from a standpoint of, like, I know for us, like, sampling, if we pull something, it's like, I can't, I have to put it on SoundCloud. I can't put it on iTunes because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't own it. And yeah. I always wondered how, like, electronic music worked. Like, do you always have to collaborate with the, the vocalist directly? Can you sometimes find a way around that? I just wanted to ask from a, like, a brain-picking standpoint. So, three songs that I've worked on that have had vocalists, mm-hmm. I've, like actually like reached out That's so awesome. with prices and i like we made the song forget you and that was when i reached out to this vocalist named maddie so i reached out to her solely um never let go with marcus um he i reached out to him and he really liked it and mm-hmm. then i have an unreleased track with this girl jilly and that one comes out and you know i reached out to her That's awesome. when it comes to vocal samples sometimes you can again like splice. I rip mm-hmm. them from there. I mean they're royalty free. Yeah, so, so you can take them. It's from really there. nice. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, I've also learned from a couple producers like when they do like vocal chops, some of those like will be like tracks like they they've sometimes used from like a Kehlani like track or yeah. something. But they've like just basically destroyed it to the point where they've like resampled or like processed everything yeah. to make it sound unique and different so that they don't get those rips or, like, they don't get, like, copyright. Flags, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people end up doing that, and I realize, like, more often than not, that's, like, a bigger thing That's kind of dope. Yeah. I feel like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Do you go in and do you make all your own sounds, or do you do you ever sample sounds or anything, or you just, if you do, you just go through Splice? Um, like, when I first started, I mean, like, even on the album, like, most mm-hmm. of this stuff was, like, on Splice. There was, like, mm-hmm. a couple of tracks that, like, um, when it's, like, ambient, like, mm-hmm. those sounds, I primarily like recorded myself like just on my iPhone or something like that before mm-hmm. I got the Tascam. But um yeah, that was primarily it. Like most of it was from Splice, like the drums or like the hi hats or something like that. But I'm not afraid to just like or I'm not embarrassed to say anything bad about that. Right. Yeah. It's not easy putting sounds together. A lot yeah. of people couldn't even people could have all those sounds in one, you know, in one spot and but still wouldn't be able to use them. You right. still have to utilize what you have and put them together to mm-hmm. make it sound great. So 100%. don't take away from what you're doing. Yeah, no, I've, um, and I actually, like, I really, and, like, I really appreciate, like, the art that you guys do, and I love it because I'm, like, scrolling through Instagram, and when you guys do these, like, music video, like, samples and, like, how they loop, like, all around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, those yeah, are my yeah. favorites, uh-huh. and I was just, like, Oh, like, like who makes who makes your guys' beats? Or do you guys just like all make them yourselves? It depends. We'll we'll, hit up a sometimes lot of we'll find them. Sometimes I'll produce, or we got no. uh, certain producers, Jarrell, Justin, Tunes. No. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of people we reach out to. We've so actually cool. been going outside the country yeah, as a of late building, making man. some connections. Oh. That's yeah. good. A lot yeah. of European producers that have been, you know, very uh, assertive and you know what I'm saying trying to get their beats out. Youngins too. Yeah, so it's Crazy. dope. Yeah. Speaking gotta, of yeah. youngins, yeah, no, uh, like this guy, like. I, I don't know. I just like recently heard about him. His name is like Mork Kismet, but like mm-hmm. this kid's music is being played out in like EDC, like large music festivals. He's right. only fourteen. Wow, like, crazy. Yeah, and it it makes me like wonder. I was like, do I really have an opportunity to kind of just like surpass it? Because there are kids, like you said, like yeah. I think earlier, like there are kids that are so young that are doing like mm-hmm. crazy things. Yeah. But it's because like I've learned that. A, a grown man's thought process, man or woman, like it's their thought process. If they don't like something, they overanalyze and they break it down or try to do something different. It 
completely ruins the vision. Mm-hmm. These kids yeah. like sometimes don't even think. Nope. They just right. do it impulsively and then that's it. Like mm-hmm. and it turns out to be a banger. That's a very mm-hmm. good point of view. Also yeah. those kids were exposed to the internet since the time they were born. <laughs> Let's just true, say though. that. That's true, we didn't have that luxury. Like, for what's the a first floppy disk? Yeah. <laughs> what's a Maybe that's why we have a different mindset. We have a totally different yeah. mindset. Have you seen the meme where they like it's like uh, I forgot. It's like from The Simpsons. It's like trying to explain LimeWire to the kids. Oh, <laughs> oh, totally. yeah. It's like he's just sitting there. There's like a group of kids. It's like old, some old guy. Wait, he's like trying, he's trying to explain it. I literally have like a, a panic attack to today if I try to thing. tackle LimeWire. You know what I'm right. saying? Oh if I was sitting in front of it and it didn't work, I'd probably just like did explode. They, did they really bust people? Like you know, you'd hear about that. Like don't no, download no, it musically. No. Somebody's gonna run up in your crib. Like, right. No. I, I don't know if that ever happened. But I people say so much music downloaded from LimeWire is ridiculous. Like, they should have busted me. <laughs> no yeah. lie. It's probably like Lincoln.park.mp3 yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. People say the same thing about the deep dark web. I mean, I don't mm. fuck with that. But like, so <laughs> I don't like, even know how to get to I, the deep dark web. I kind of want to know how to get to it. Just you, don't wanna 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 you don't want to know. You don't want to know. It's weird. We've got too much technology in here. They hack you as soon as you get on the deep web. Yeah. Like they've got wow. people searching like in the shadows. As soon as they see your domain hop on, they like scan everything. I'm gonna go bro. to like a it's like uh, an internet cafe. Yeah, and do it on it's, somebody's computer. it's pretty dark. Yeah, there like you go. don't <laughs> do it. That's the dark <laughs> web. Logan's like, don't do it. So I watched so many now I really <laughs> want to check it out. Now so that you guys are talking about oh, it. Just YouTube videos about it. Yeah, just YouTube watch. videos. Yeah, yeah, like just uh, just use YouTube. Yeah. So um, medicine. Back to him. Like, well, I remember your set from Base Station. It was my favorite set. Mm-hmm. From base stations because well, I'm not like a huge like bass wobble like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like uh and yours I think what caught me is I think you like sampled a Rihanna song the first one I feel like you did a Rihanna song Rihanna or Kalani no I think I'm pretty sure no it was, it was there Rihanna, was a Rihanna song. are you talking about the Wild Thoughts one I yeah don't know. Wild yeah, Thoughts yeah, that's that's that. medicine yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and medicine then, yeah. and then you uh and then there was a um a Snake Hip song all my friends was in there and I was like oh shit. Like, oh, I know yeah, this yeah. song. <laughs> I, like, I know the song. This shit is tight. But, yeah. Like, is, is he, is that, like, the same kind of style, like, as... So, like, the Wild Thoughts remix, yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, the stuff that I really like to go for. Right. Um, now, like, you know, my friend's telling me, he's like, oh, I try to find a unique sound. It's like, it's, it's, and that's what I'm trying to do is just kind of break my comfort zone. Um, right. But um, that's kind of the style that I like to go for. I don't really like to play like a lot of dubstep or like right. anything too heavy i mean it's sick like don't get me wrong i like to listen to it when i like feel like it or when i go to a show but um that's like not what i'm like really about you know right. it's not i'm not about you know breaking necks or anything <laughs> like that yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no i'm i'm more into like melodies and i'm like more into me it's kind of like a like a hip-hop style beat right yeah that's, that's what, what i, I like, into, like bro. into yeah. melodies yeah. like yeah. i felt like i was floating when you put yeah. the ambient sound like you said at the very yeah. beginning mm-hmm. and then you put like the hip-hop and i feel like i was almost like floating <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's and, and it also feels like to someone like me it feels natural it feels familiar you know what i mean because i listen to that music anyways and i'm not not ever having been to an event like that your set was definitely like fun for me because i was like oh i feel familiar with all of this i feel like i can vibe with it i don't feel like things are going insane around me and i don't know what to do because sometimes like i've seen some of those like shows they so wild and i feel like i would be like i don't even know what i'm supposed to do right now i'm just gonna jump like i don't know yeah no i mean like most of the time like when it comes to like seeing a set or like playing a set i try to make edits and like how you said the snake hips one, mm-hmm. like that's just like an edit I blended in together. And um, I like to incorporate songs that are fairly popular that people kind of know. 
um, somewhat and then kind of put them into like a really cool, like a really pretty song that's like already been released or something like that. Right. I think that actually just like catches the ear a lot more, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's that was the thing. I felt like not a lot of people would know that Snake Hip song, but then like I heard it and I was like, oh shit, he knows music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's funny because I get the comments sometimes, like even just in previous just like conversations, people are like, oh, like who inspired you to make like EDM or like any of that? And I was just like, well, it's this guy, but and it's like, do you listen to EDM all the time? And you know, I'm like, I was telling her how like earlier, um, I was listening to like Black or like Kehlani. I even went back to like, you know, um, as a kid, I grew up to listening to Wu-Tang like the whole time. <gasps> just like, yeah. <laughs> like every single artist, like, you know, like every single artist, individual albums, like that was like my favorite stuff, right. skateboarding too. Like it yeah. was just the best. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I used to listen to like uh, My Chemical Romance and shit and I feel yeah. like that still influences me today. Like, yeah, I still go to, like I go to emo nights when I can. Like that's right. like my favorites. Yeah. yeah, we grew up with that shit. Yeah. Waiting for the bus and just MTV music videos. Yep. Right. That was, that was, yeah. You are so yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was what I would do every morning. <laughs> for sure. Fuse. Remember Fuse TV? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember, like, uh, yeah. Travis had all the music. I was, I would go over to his house because me and his sister were friends, and he's younger than me. And he had this, like, stack of CDs next to the staircase, and I'd just be flipping through them. Like, it was just insane. Yeah, I think the first CD I ever got was, like, from my dad. It was a burnt CD that my cousin made. And, like, the first song was, like, Juvenile. And oh, I was just like, oh, slow motion. Yeah. Oh, I was like, Juvenile, like, Terror Squad. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and it was like, I was like, wait, this is gangster rap. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is sick. Oh, Isaac. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yo, that's yeah, dope. No. Pulling all the thoughts. <laughs> yeah. All the hits, you know? There you, you go. already know. Mm-hmm. Club bangers. So what you got coming up next? What what do we got to look forward to from Isaac? Um, you might be seeing a lot more videos, um, and a lot more cooler photos from my buddy Luca because he's kind of like a partner in crime. He's always been, you know, he's been making me look cool as shit in <laughs> photos. All the photos that you see, they've almost all from been him. done by him. That's dope. So That's they're cool. sick. Um, and he just kind of paints the picture that I really want to bring. Um kind of bringing that in it's like i kind of the, the photos that i like to do it's like i kind of like to be as real as i can on photos because you know you can take a high quality photo and just like that it's not the life that you live you know right yeah mm -hmm. um so he's most of the stuff he's going to be like envisioning that you'll see on there i have a show on the 14th at echo stage again so okay. that'll be with feed me uh graves black gummy dj knowledge and then myself so i mean if you guys want to come you guys are more than welcome mm -hmm. and, Snap. and then you know, just Dude. anybody else, yeah. Oh, I'm excited for you, man. I can't wait to see everything you got in store for us, man. It's mm -hmm. going to be awesome. And Beneath the Anxiety? Yeah, oh, yeah, Friday. yeah. That one comes out on Friday. That one's just going to be a SoundCloud release. I'm really excited for that. And then I have another release coming out in the end of June, too. So that's going to be sick. You got a lot working. And the homie just dropped his album, For Your Eyes Only, on all <laughs> platforms. <laughs> get that Stop Definitely playing. go check that out. You got any shout-outs before we hop out of here? I don't know. Just shout-out my friends that are probably watching this right now. Hey, hey. that's what's and, up. And, uh, I mean, shout-out my parents. Shout-out my mom. Yeah. My mom finally accepts that I do music now, so <laughs> she's cool with that. Thank you, Madras. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Yeah. Uh, Took long enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Prices. I mean, Prices is, without him, I probably wouldn't be as pushing myself as hard as I am, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's about it, yeah. So where can everybody find you? On social media. Go ahead and shout it out. 
Um, well, social media, it's like, I mean, wow. All right, I don't even know my handles half the time. <laughs> so uh, for Instagram, it's just Isaac Official, E-Y-E-Z-I-C. Um, Twitter, it's about the same thing, I believe. Um, SoundCloud, uh, I don't know my Spotify or iTunes one. I don't really. I mean, you just type in Isaac. I typed in Isaac to Google, and you pop right up. You know what's funny? There's another guy named Isaac, and he actually, yeah, he's a rapper. And he DM'd me on SoundCloud (laughs) months ago, like seven or eight months ago. What are you doing, And he was like, he was like, exactly. (laughs) What are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm Isaac. It's like, my name's actually Isaac. He's like, if you want to be original, name yourself like Christian or something, since that's your name. It's like this corny ass moment. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad that he don't pop up in this Google. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I actually had the problem now is because my royalties were going to him because oh, they were yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. Because of his name. Oh, but now what? they got they got, got that all got right. fixed. I was about to say we had to pull up to his house in like yeah. the middle of the night or something like my check be. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, at any rate, guys, this was episode nine of the Iron Skillet Podcast. Shout out the usual suspects. We'll see you guys again for the final episode. Bing, bing, bing. And you know. Boo, boo, boo.